1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. One of the issues that I've seen in church over the years is the number of women who are wanting to follow the Lord, but the number of men who are basically just kind of there for the ride. This is something that's not the case in our church, though. We have a lot of men who follow Jesus, and it's encouraging when we're all gathered at men's events, seeing the number of men who are in the fight. It's pretty cool. But in many of our churches, women make up the majority of the congregation, and that's a reflection on the mainstream church. Nevertheless, the Lord is still at work saving people's souls, and not losing hope on a man is important because God doesn't give up on them. So in the passage in 1 Peter 3, the wife is encouraged to do her part in the marriage with this bit of encouragement, that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. So a wife's conduct can have a tremendous impact on a man's relationship with the Lord, even if he's not a believer. A friend of ours years ago prayed for her husband constantly at church. She would pray for him in our private gatherings. She would pray for him. I even heard her call in on a Christian radio station one time praying for him, and this drug on for years. And then one day he came around, received Jesus, and has been walking with the Lord ever since. And their marriage is good. Their lives are good because God is good. God never gave up on him and neither did she. 1 John 5.14 And this is the confidence that we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. We believe, therefore we trust God even when our prayer is not answered for a long time. We still hang on because we walk by faith, obeying Jesus, knowing that our prayers are heard. And ultimately, if the prayer doesn't get answered, we know that we have done our part and the Lord has done his part. So we can rest in that. Regarding the unbelieving spouse, they have to actively resist the Holy Spirit continually when God is on them. And God rides a lot of people hard for many years, trying to get them to understand He loves them and He is there for them. C.S. Lewis was one of these. He was one of the most influential Christian figures in the 20th century. And his prolific writings, including the Narnia series and a ton of foundational books for the Christian faith, earned him a reputation as an astute scholar and a man of God. But his own testimony, is one of running from God, knowing that God was on him constantly, and he called himself Europe's most reluctant convert, and he called God the Hound of Heaven. So read up on C.S. Lewis on his life. Very interesting man, used by God in many ways. Another interesting part of 1 Peter chapter 3 is the verse that follows the role of the wife and applies to the husband as well. So if a man or woman has an unbelieving spouse, we can see what our behavior should be like if we want to be right with God and make an impression upon their unbelieving spouse. And it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. In the previous episode titled Mayday, Mayday, I referred to a good friend of mine who had received Jesus and ultimately his wife divorced him. And while the divorce was going on, we spent a lot of time together praying for this whole ordeal and each one of them in particular. And he was praying for his wife too. 
And what was really crazy is the anger that exploded from his wife and her correspondence, her texts, her emails, her letters, etc. They were insane. I would ask him how things were going and he'd just show me his phone. He let me read a few of these and I didn't know what to say. Her anger toward him was, yeah, it was pretty evident. And all those years of frustration in their bad marriage, which it was both of their faults, but it just blew up at one time. And those things that she said really made it evident that she hated him. But in all the chaos, this verse and others like it kept him from retaliating. He kept his cool, maintained his witness while she threw the hate right in his face. And what is really cool is after the divorce, he walked away maintaining his witness, trusting the Lord. And the Lord brought him through the divorce without a lot of scars. And he really focused on seeking the peace and pursuing it, and his prayers were answered. God's will was accomplished. And the remaining years of his life were really good years. He finished his race strong. But without knowing the scriptures or believing them, it's really difficult to see God in the chaos. How many marriages break apart because both parties are seeking vengeance upon each other, which does nothing good, rather it tears both of them apart, whereas trusting in the Lord and learning his word gives a roadmap for life with the assurance that if we trust him, he will make our paths straight. So we hang in there and we fight the good fight. But what about a spouse who is not a believer, but they're a good spouse? What does the believer do? And this becomes a reality when a spouse comes to faith later on in life while married. We've seen this a lot. Their life completely changed. They now have the Holy Spirit. They're now growing in faith, but their spouse isn't interested. They don't really care. And a lot of men think it's good for their wives to go to church, and they don't have any issues with her going and taking the kids, but they don't want to go. Well, you go back to 1 Peter 3, one. the wife is to be a light in the home, and it applies to the man as well. In a case where the wife is not a believer, the man is to be a light. He's to step up to the plate with his leadership role and lead in a godly way, not as a tyrant. And that witness is what God is using in that home to light it up. So if a man is not a believer and he's drinking a cold one, watching a game with his friends, and they're laughing and being stupid, her witness can still light up the room. Problem is, she now has to put up with that stuff, and she knows it's not right, and this can be frustrating and cause the love between her and her husband to become strained. And then he gets annoyed because of her quote-unquote religion, and it affects their relationship. I think it's important to consider the heart of Jesus towards his creation and how the grief of a spouse over an unbelieving spouse parallels the grief Jesus has when he looks on his creation and we merely label him as a good moral teacher or a religious guru or whatever and not the loving God that he is. Not to mention the powerhouse he's going to be when he comes back. So the heart of grief in a spouse who is grieving for the unbelieving spouse who has no interest in Jesus, is the same grief experienced by Jesus. But remembering his love and instruction allows us to endure day by day while shining the light of love powered by the Holy Spirit. Our conduct must reflect the Lord's love. That's obedience. We have to show people the love of God through our conduct. And we cannot get in the mindset that my spouse doesn't know the Lord, so I want to leave and find another that does. That's not right. When that happens, we have to understand that's the influence of the devil tantalizing our flesh because we need to realize our main ministry in life is our marriage, then our kids, then our extended family, and then our job, work, etc. But that ministry in our marriage is very important. And that may be God's primary ministry for a person experiencing this right now. That person is a believer. They've come to faith. Their spouse isn't a believer. Well, God's given you a ministry, and that is your spouse. So love them with the love of God. Show them who God is by the love you have for him and the love you have for the Lord. Show them the love of God practically. Show them what Jesus is like. And when it's all over, and you are face to face with the Lord, then you can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 
Yeah, this person may not have the calling of a missionary, but it may be that their primary mission in life is to minister to the person they're married to. That's how much God loves the unbelieving spouse. So remember, our role and conduct as a servant of Jesus is critical. In Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. That's how we need to treat our spouses, no matter if they're being difficult or whatever. We need to treat them like this. We need to be like this. And Paul will refer to a relationship between a believer and an unbeliever as being unequally yoked. In other words, you have two animals that have a a yoke in between them, connecting them together, but you have one animal that's a different kind of animal, so it's all messed up because the strength of one animal is not matching the other animal. And when you're plowing your field, it's just funky. And Paul says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But that's not a get out of marriage free card. But it's a warning to anyone who's considered marrying or dating an unbeliever or a churchgoer who's a real putz and lives like an unbeliever. That's a whole other series. But stay in the fight if your spouse is not a believer. Love them with the love of God and show the goodness of God by the way you love them and you will be blessed. Thank you.